Science fiction television fans have heard the stories about Firefly being canceled way too early, and Browncoat superfans are intimately familiar with those details. Details like Fox completely mishandling the show by airing episodes out of order, marketing the show as a wacky comedy, and shoving it in the Friday night death slot. Nearly everyone who has seen the show would agree that Joss Whedon and the crew of the Firefly essentially got the shaft. In 2013, TV Guide ranked Firefly number five out of the 60 top shows that were canceled too soon. And from the moment it was canceled during its only season until after the Serenity movie aired, browncoats around the world were convinced that Firefly could still be brought back to television. But Fox had insisted Firefly didn't have enough fans to support a network television show. So when the Serenity movie barely broke even at the box office, Joss, the cast, and science fiction fans started to accept that idea. Yes, it was an amazing show with a huge universe unexplored, but there wasn't enough people interested to justify a long-running TV franchise. But what if we told you they were wrong? What if we told you that there was a perfect opportunity to make Firefly a household name? There was a moment when, despite all the bad things that had happened to the show, it very well could have become a beloved movie and television franchise like Star Trek or Stargate. But instead, a few poorly timed choices and decisions would snuff out a spark of passion for the show before it could become a fire in the hearts of potential fans around the world. You will not want to miss this episode. And if you haven't already subscribed to our channel, please do so now and also click the notification bell to never miss a show. Stay tuned until the end of the video so you can see a new Firefly-inspired graphic design from the amazing artists at Mixtees.com. Joss Whedon's success with Buffy the Vampire Slayer had made him a hot commodity, and in early 1998, Whedon signed a deal with 20th Century Fox for future film and TV projects. Fox felt like they had an up-and-coming star after both Buffy and Angel had developed intense cult followings in a younger audience demographic. Fox was expecting something similar to what Joss had created with both Buffy and Angel. So when he explained that he wanted to do a space western, network executives were understandably caught off guard. Whedon wanted Firefly to rise above the average sci-fi series. Instead of focusing on the characters that make history, he wanted to focus on the characters who were stepped on while history was being made. Instead of focusing on the leaders of the Federation or members of the Jedi Council, on second thought, no, not really, no. Joss wanted to explore the average people being impacted by those people's decisions. The fact that those average people made it to the screen at all was pure luck and timing. Firefly's pilot likely would have never been made had it not been for Gail Berman, the president of entertainment at Fox during that time. As luck would have it, she was also the person initially responsible for Buffy coming to television. She had the television rights for Buffy and asked Whedon if he wanted to make the show. The rest is history. So with her confidence in Joss's talent, Berman trusted him and greenlit Firefly with an order for 13 episodes, which included $10 million to develop and shoot the pilot. When Fox saw the pilot and realized it wasn't a Buffy in Space action series, they weren't sure what to do with it. To Joss, Firefly was about the quiet moments in between the gun battles. But Fox wasn't having that. 
Besides clashing with Whedon over the married couple, or having a high-end prostitute as one of the characters on the show, they did not like Joss's two-hour pilot. Fox executives felt it was too dark and didn't include enough action to keep young people engaged. They also felt Captain Mal was too grim. Whedon wouldn't give in on his married couple or his prostitute, but he did try to address Fox's other issues. He included an opening war scene, and he created dialogue that displayed Mal's sense of humor, but Fox was still unsatisfied with the pilot. Joss ended up rewriting the pilot, and the train job led off the series. This is how episodes ended up getting aired out of order. The original pilot was aired as the final episode, which understandably didn't make sense. The show was also put into the Friday night time slot, ironically replacing another sci-fi show that had just been canceled in the exact same time slot. The reality was Fox had already canceled nine shows in the previous 10 years that was aired during the Friday night primetime slots. And in the 16 years after Firefly was canceled, 31 other shows found their death during Fox's Friday night lineup. That's 40 shows in 26 years. Firefly never had a chance. After ranking 98th in the Nielsen ratings and only 4.7 million viewers per episode, Fox was not going to bring the show back. Firefly outperformed the viewing on Whedon's other shows on UPN and WB, but because Fox was one of the big networks, Firefly was held to a higher standard. And while Firefly finished dead last in ratings for Fox primetime shows that year, it still outperformed Star Trek Enterprise on UPN. <laughs> but despite all of these horrible things that happened to the show, there was still a chance for Firefly to live again. Even though the show was over, the relentless support of the fan base was about to grab the attention of a major studio. And as much of a blessing as that was, that studio's decisions would eventually knock Serenity and Firefly out of the sky forever. But we'll get back to that in a moment. In the end, it was the fans that got Firefly another shot at the mainstream. After Star Trek fans proved it was possible to save a beloved TV series back in 1968, fans over the last few decades have actively tried to save their shows, and Firefly will be remembered as one of the big ones. Browncoats were able to find each other online, and they band together to create campaigns to save the show. Fans raised money and ran an ad in Variety magazine, letting everyone know that if they keep making it, they would keep watching. They also created a postcard writing campaign targeting UPN in hopes they would save the show. They also raised over $14,000 to purchase Firefly DVD sets and have them placed aboard 250 U.S. Navy ships so sailors could watch the show. This level of fan support, combined with the fact that the Firefly DVD set was being purchased in droves, made it obvious there was still commercial value in the show. Since timing and luck are as big a part of Hollywood's success as anything else, it just so happened that Mary Parent, the head of Universal Pictures, had wanted to do something with Whedon for a while. He had previously turned her down, explaining he was just too busy running multiple shows. But after the cancellation of two shows, he suddenly had more time on his hands. Mary asked him again if there was anything that he wanted to do, and he told her he wanted to do a Firefly movie. The deal was that Universal would have to be able to get the movie rights to Firefly, which they didn't think would be easy, and Whedon would have to agree to a very low budget to make the film. Joss agreed, 
And with a budget of less than $40 million and a shooting schedule of 50 days, he set off to write and direct his first movie. Universal had high hopes for a multi-film deal. All Firefly needed to do was be moderately successful and show the property would be profitable. Universal was very excited about this deal and the potential to make multiple movies out of the franchise. As a result, the studio asked the actors to sign multi-film contracts. This is the real reason Alan Tudyk and Ron Glass were killed off in the movie. They couldn't commit to sequels and Joss felt like he needed to remove them in case there were future films. This was the first mistake that was made and this decision left fans scratching their heads. A lot of people thought the deaths were gratuitous and unnecessary. One of the big mysteries on the show was Shepard Book's past. It was not addressed in the movie, and now that he's gone, it's likely we'll never know. This wouldn't be enough to completely derail the movie, but it was the first chink in the armor. The film ended burying two important characters and brought down the whole film near the end. When you have a movie you hope will spring sequels, you want to fill the audience with hope and excitement for what they might see in the future. Who didn't want to see Mal on the bridge with his entire crew, staring into the distance and saying something like, the past isn't going to pay for the future, let's get out there and get to work. Key the Firefly music and let's walk out of the theater talking about what they could do with a second movie. And you don't think Fox would just sit around not profiting from a bunch of successful movies made off of their property, right? If this movie was done just right, Firefly might not just have more movies, but it could easily be back on network television. No pressure for Joss, right? He had a tough enough job. He had to figure out how to write a movie for a fan base who had just fought to bring their show back, and an entirely new potential fan base that never saw the original TV show. In Joss Whedon's biography, it talks about his fear of writing a script that alienated both audiences. He was also concerned because of having 10 characters, each with a complex backstory. Typically, he would introduce characters to the audience at the same time he was introducing the characters to each other. But these characters already knew each other. He also found it difficult to put the Mal and River characters into the film as they were. And as you can see, River's character changes pretty significantly in the film. Joss's original draft was a kitchen sink version in which he touched on all the major play points from the series. This is why you see River being rescued by her brother, Mal's gruff my way or the highway persona, and of course Kaylee and Simon's potential love interest. But Joss struggled to give all of the characters meaningful storylines. While that decision really didn't impact fans who already knew the show, it would be a confusing element for people new to Firefly. The end result is that Whedon simultaneously retold the Firefly TV show while also awkwardly writing it as a sequel to the TV show. River, Simon, and Mal got fully fleshed backstories while Inara and Book's characters pick up after the series leaves off. Kaylee, Zoe, Wash, and Jane are a zero-sum game. No progress, no explanations, and they serve almost no purpose to the plot. This isn't a huge problem for fans who have seen the show. They know how important each of those characters are to the family atmosphere of the whole team. But new fans, once again, didn't understand the purpose of these minor characters. Joss's bad guy, British actor Chiwetel Ejiofor, is excellent in his role as the determined ghost operative, but his character is more fleshed out and enjoys more screen time than anyone other than Mal or River. If you were a fan of the show, then this is an added bonus. But if you were a potential new fan, 
less time with the main cast means you aren't going to fall in love with the crew of the Firefly, which is essential to actually becoming a fan. Don't take it from me, there are more than a thousand reviews on Rotten Tomatoes left by fans who watched the movie over the years. And while many of them say things like, best sci-fi movie ever, or this is exactly what we needed for a conclusion to Firefly, they also mention the obvious thing that is missing. Here's a few. While newcomers are sure to leave with a meh feeling, Serenity is a rousing success for fans of Firefly. Serenity is a unique movie in the sense that you probably need to have watched Firefly to truly appreciate it. This is a true sequel to the show, and therefore, most of the story and emotion is predicated on the viewer having built up a certain amount of investment for the enjoyment to take full effect. Serenity picks up where the series leaves off, but attempts to be a standalone piece, which I feel it's not. While the characters tend to come off as slightly different versions of themselves from the series, the relationships between the characters are in much need of their backstories. Without them, we never really know what the connection between Mal and Inara is, or how long Simon and Kaylee have been toying with being lovers. These are five-star reviews of the movie, and there are hundreds that say these types of things. Essentially, most people agree that this is a fantastic movie if you're a fan of Firefly. But if you are not, you won't understand the characters enough to care if they get another movie. Joss's attempt to appease both audiences put him in no man's land. After Universal told him to keep the length under two hours, it's likely Whedon decided he didn't want to risk alienating old fans to possibly get new fans. If this was the final send-off for Firefly, then no problem. Job well done. But if the goal is to revitalize the universe, this would be a very big mistake. And as bad as it is having a script that might not connect with a potential new fan base, Joss likely felt confident that current fans would like what he made. If potentially alienating a new fan base from the movie was bad, the next huge mistake was the main reason Firefly would fly no more. Even if the movie was more tailored to completing the story for fans as opposed to bringing new fans into the property, at a $40 million budget, it wouldn't have to break the box office to be greenlit for a second movie. Must Love Dogs would make $43 million domestically in the US in 2005. Surely a Firefly movie could do better. In September 2004, the film deal with Universal was publicly confirmed. The title of the film would be Serenity. There was some confusion over why that name was chose. Firefly would have been more recognizable and create a larger box office buzz. Initially, Whedon seemed to justify the use of Serenity because he felt it was important people understand the movie isn't the series. But later in his biography, it would say that Fox wouldn't allow Universal to use the name Firefly for the movie, and so Joss used Serenity since it was the name of the ship. If there was actually a choice to use Serenity over Firefly, that would be one of the biggest reasons the movie failed to bring people in. Serenity isn't something anyone but a fan of the show would be able to relate to Firefly. There was never a good explanation as to why Fox wouldn't allow Universal to use the name Firefly on the movie. It's not as if Fox was going to make its own Firefly movie when they'd already given the rights to Universal. This is always one of those things that no one would ever want to admit they messed up. But the king of mistakes is what the studio did during marketing. Universal would choose a grassroots method for advertising the film. This is a code word for wanting to spend as little money as possible to market the movie. On April 26, 2005, Universal issued the first Serenity trailer, which was still five months away from making it to the big screen. 
Shortly after the trailer's release, Universal announced an unprecedented plan to promote the film. On May 5th, the studio would start screening the film for fans in 10 cities in hope of creating an early buzz for non-Firefly fans. The showing sold out very quickly, mostly to super fans who wanted to see the movie early. The first showing was so successful, on May 26th, they did it again, increasing it to venues in 20 cities. Firefly fans excited about the opportunity to see the movie early started calling local theaters and buying tickets. All 20 cities were sold out before the official announcement that there would even be a second round of pre-screenings. This prompted Universal to create a third pre-screening on June 23rd in 35 cities and a final screening at Comic-Con International. Thousands of rabid Firefly fans banded together to try and get into these early viewings. According to people who attended them, some cities had multiple theaters offering the movie as many as three times on a pre-screening day. That means that as many as 100,000 Firefly fans may have seen Serenity three to five months before the movie ever came out. Did Universal really think they could show the movie to that many people and expect to hold excitement for the film's blockbuster release in September? Apparently so. This reminds me of the old adage, you can shear a sheep many times but you can only skin him once. Okay, I'm not doing this. Why were the pre-screenings a bad thing? The energy and anticipation of 100,000 Firefly fans was wasted before the movie's launch. There is no way fans who had already seen the movie would bring the same energy to the release in September. During the pre-screenings, fans banded together with other fans to watch the film because tickets were limited. Had they been forced to wait until the actual release of the film, they would have brought their excitement and likely friends and family with them since they didn't have to fight over sold-out seating like at the pre-screenings. And because Serenity really didn't break new ground from the series, would fans who watch the series on Fox, on DVD, and at the pre-screenings also show up to watch the story a fourth time in September? I'm sure there were many who did but you can only hold the excitement for so long retelling the same story. How much of the excitement might old fans have transferred to potential new fans had they all went to see Serenity together at the same time? Universal's attempt to save money by leaking the film early and crossing their fingers completely drained any exciting advantage they had from a supercharged Firefly fan base. When you combine this with the fact that the movie is not named Firefly, and people seeing it for the first time likely wouldn't understand the relationship or growth of the characters is why Firefly was buried and laid to rest in 2005. Serenity would go on to gross an underwhelming $25 million domestically. International sales would allow the movie to barely break even, but it wasn't the cash cow Universal had hoped for. Rumors of a sequel started in December 2005, when IGM Film Force reported that Universal would create a made-for-TV movie on the Sci-Fi Channel contingent on strong DVD sales of Serenity. But in January 2006, Whedon said he doubted there would be a sequel, and in October 2006, he flat-out stated on Whedonesque.com that he wasn't working on a sequel. Rumors of a sequel would persist, pushing DVD sales in 2007. Joss would go on to say that he was still thinking about a sequel, but he wasn't sure if it was on anyone else's mind. There are a lot of people today that believe Firefly didn't continue because there wasn't a large enough fandom to support it. The reality is that the TV show was good, and given time, it might have grown to be as successful as the great science fiction shows that came before it. 
Fox should have never canceled it. Even Gail Berman admits that if she had to do it over now, she probably wouldn't have canceled it. The reality is, Joss was onto something special and he was likely ahead of his time. To truly fall in love with the show, you need to love the characters and that is something Joss Whedon is very good at on television. But if you think that Fox canceling the show was the dagger in the heart, think again. Serenity had a real shot at bringing Firefly back to us and had a few things gone differently, we may still be exploring the rich universe Whedon created for us today. There is a pang that fans feel over the loss of what many consider their favorite science fiction show of all time. But perhaps the story isn't completely over. Now that Disney owns Firefly, does that make Kaylee a Disney princess? Going on a year now, I ain't had nothing. Twix my nethers weren't run on batteries. Oh, God. Do you think that Universal and Whedon failed with Serenity and ended the only chance to revitalize Firefly? Let's talk about it in the comments below. Don't want the show to end? Become a PopCast member by hitting the join button to get exclusive content, including behind the scenes live streams, Discord access, wallpapers, and so much more. Click join and let's hang out. And also check out this graphic design at mixtees.com as well as other Firefly inspired designs. Get 20% off your purchase by using coupon code THEPOPCAST. The link is in the description below. Until next time, Firefly, keep flying. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I saw.